It's been seven days of ups and downs, from a drab defeat in Hull to a professional win over Wigan that gets the playoff train back on the tracks. We'll discuss all that and much more on this week's Baggies broadcast. Hello, welcome to the Baggies broadcast. I'm Johnny Drury and as ever I'm joined by my mate Baggies ENS correspondent Lewis Cox for episode 38 of the season. Now Coxie, where's time gone pal? It's flying. Hey, I, I, I thought that was a, a typo when you um, when you included that in our little run through this morning. I, I cannot believe for the life of me that it's 38 all right like you know a few of those were were our specials weren't they you know world cup break and then yeah specials and stuff but yeah i mean that's mad that really is mad like time flies doesn't it for for everyone i think um time flies when you're having fun spending more time with you this season than i am my own girlfriend (laughs) Yeah. yeah 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 we um I mean, we knew each other pretty well before starting this gig, didn't we, in uh, in, in previous sort of roles. But, Christ, uh, yeah, I, I suppose for me doing, yeah, this being my first first season covering the Albion, perhaps it's going quicker for me than, than others. I, I don't know. I remember the, the first few and kind of finding my way in. And, yeah, it's just mad that it's that number, mate. And, well, we're not, we haven't got many games left, have we? Let's. What, what, how many games left? 11, 12? I shouldn't know. Hopefully we finish um, with a nice round 50. That'll be nice. Yes. A nice round nice. 50. Very nice. but... yeah. Well, you know, start start this episode 38 off on a, you know, positive footing, Johnny. Good work. Good work. Yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we, we, but not, not too much noteworthy from last night to go over, was there? But, you know, here we are ploughing through and uh, a return to winning ways anyway. Return to winning ways. Well, episode 38, as the previous 37 episodes have been, will be packed with baggy chat. Loads, well, not a great deal to talk about about Wigan because we're all yawning a little bit at one point last night. But back to winning ways, as Cocky said. We'll talk action for Albion and the protest that's coming up this weekend before the game at Huddersfield. And we'll look forward to that game and the dreaded arrival of Neil Warnock the man who Albion fans collectively dislike. It'll be interesting to see. Well, it'll be easy to predict the response that you'll get from Albion fans on Saturday, but it will be funny to see all the same. We're going to start, as we always do with the Bags broadcast, with Alternative Albion, our Room 101, the place where me and Coxie, more me, get to have a rant about an alternative take or something that's happened in the previous week. Now, Albion fans, for following my Twitter feed last night, would have seen how unhappy I was with the treatment of our big man, our big striker, Daryl DK. Now, I don't know what DK had to do last night to get a foul um, or a free kick given for him. He, he had to get mauled, manhandled, and he did get a couple in the end. But my gripe this week is how big strikers, just because they're big, don't get the decisions that they should. Now, I think there was a Wigan defender, uh, his name evades me, who was very, very lucky not to get yeah, yeah. not very lucky not to get a second yellow card last night for basically ripping DK to the ground. Somehow the free kick was given against DK. Um, but it, we see it everywhere. Um, Joe Chapman from the Birmingham Mayor mentioned it used to happen to Rondon as well, but it's just mm. consistency in referee. And I thought the referee was poor last night. Um, but yeah, consistency in referee. And, you know, don't matter if you're, you know, four foot five or six foot nine, a foul's a foul. I don't know what you think, yeah, the, uh, 
Omar Rekic, the, the the on loan Arsenal defender, definitely fancied taking the big man shirt home, didn't he? Wanted to get it framed, what maybe you know, as a as, as a memory of the match winner, perhaps. Um, like you're right in the big forwards, certainly. Um, and it's you know perhaps it's obvious because they're you know naturally by way of how they are built involved in tussles and involved in physical battles more than maybe your, your smaller strikers and and often getting the better of defenders and that you know only sort of sparks the situation doesn't it, doesn't it so maybe that's why it happens but you know I know, I know we've all got you know myself included mixed opinions on Andy Carroll probably listening to this and he yeah he gives it out as much as he takes it but he gets rough treatment he would argue wouldn't he because you know he's he has defenders bouncing off him but Rondon's a great example and the Many over the years, um, but DK had it tough last night, didn't he? We, what he had to do to win a free kick. Remember the one right in front of us on the touchline where he literally was it McLean, I think, literally got barged almost into Rosette. Um, and and yeah, referee Rebecca Welch just sort of waved play on, and yeah, what wasn't the finest officiating, was it last night? Although to be fair to the ref, you know, her, her assistant referee was right there on that occasion. And, and and there were many others, but um, yeah, I do feel sorry for DK. You're right to point that out, Johnny. But um, I suppose he had the last laugh, didn't he? Big Daryl with his yeah. um, six of the season and yet another winner. Yeah, justice for Daryl. New campaign <laughs> starting starting soon. Watch this space. Uh, right, Wigan one 0 victory for Albion. Daryl DK with, as we described last night, the easiest goal he will score um, all season. I can bet my house on that. But Coxie, it was described as a professional display. Um, it wasn't the best spectacle, but Albion got the job done. We're rarely troubled. Probably, you know, fans want entertainment, they want goals, but a winning was just what the doctor ordered after the drab that we saw at Hull on Friday. Absolutely, mate. I mean, you've, um, I, th- I think a professional victory, I, I nearly used that one myself actually last night, and I think it, I think it fits the bill. Um, I think it's possibly a bit kind and generous to. The game as a spectacle, um, I, you know, I, I don't think um, I don't think forgettable would be unkind. However, that's that's just a, yeah. On the flip side of that, Johnny, yeah, as well as the goal, Albion hit the woodwork four times. So, and, and we'll get onto this, won't we? Because I've seen a couple of questions we've been sent in and some of your talking points. It it wasn't a memorable evening, wasn't it? It was by no means an entertaining game. However, you know, it was just as important three points as the Borough one at home before it. And, and you could argue an even more important three points being a game in hand on rivals. Um, now, there are factors and reasons why it was all a bit low-key is the kind way of putting it. Um, could use a slightly more uh, family, unfriendly way of describing it, a bit sort of uninteresting there are reasons why we'll get into those i'm sure but it, it, it wasn't the greatest spectacle and it won't it's one one for the annals and it won't go down in in the history or the memory books however it's job done like you said pro- professional um and and i put a few times after the full-time whistle it felt important to me i mean if i'll be drop any more points last night i mean it, it really is becoming very uphill isn't it from from there if they drop any more points? So it was seven, seven prior to last night's kickoff. It was seven points with the game in hand, which obviously the win's taking it to four. Um, you're dropping any points last night and you're leaving it at six or or even you know staying at seven. 
um, that's a massive, that becomes a massive mountain. That becomes, you know, you, you, you're getting on for insurmountable, really. But, you know, how many games left? 10, 11? Kind fixtures, home fixtures against rivals, um, fixtures on the horizon, Huddersfield, we'll get into it, the Hawthorns, then go to Cardiff. Yes, we know about the away form, but, yeah, it's still very much there, in my opinion. And I know it was very disheartening after Hull. Um, we we had to go and suffer it as well, didn't we, Johnny? And um, I mean, I was already under the weather before that game started. Um, and yes, the away record has to change. And it was very doom and gloom after it. That drive back wasn't particularly pleasant, was it? But um, you know, here we are after after one of a crucial home doubleheader against lowly sides, and it couldn't be much better at home, could it? It literally could not be much better if if anybody tried. Um, so we've got to take that and move it forward with hope and expectation that the home record will improve and hope and confidence that it can start nicking some points on the road, you know, starting with a win in South Wales, obviously, next week. And, um, and yeah, the, the, the picture, the outlook, you know, hopefully from Saturday night when it comes to the top four can change. You know, I've been expected to win on Saturday. Doesn't always play out like that in front, you know, against the strugglers, but... Should they win as expected, they could have closed that gap, you know, shortened that gap from four points down. And they're, they're right in it, aren't they? Let's let's be honest. So, yeah, um, it was a big win, I thought, Johnny, last night, regardless of how, <laughs> uh, uh, what, what, what word can we, uninteresting it was. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I want to talk about Albion's goal scored. Now, if we just go back through through the records, obviously got one last night, should have scored a lot more. Nothing at Hull last week. Two against Middlesbrough. You know, and 2-0 wins are, are, are great. You know, you score two goals in the game, you'd expect to get something. Obviously, two at Watford, one against Blackburn. Have West Brom got a, you know, not a problem, but for a team with what they have at their disposal, they should they be scoring more goals? Um, It's an interesting... Only topic. scored more than three Eight. once under Corbram, which was which was in the FA Cup against Chesterfield. Only scored three. three. Yeah, yeah only scored three on two occasions, I think. Yeah. Three occasions, including the cup. Well, I'm just having a look at the league table, um, which reads 45 goals scored in 35 league games. Um, it's not, it's not a low tally in comparison with rivals this season. Um, the top two make that the top three. With Borough, have all scored more. You've got Norwich in six who have scored more, and you have Sunderland who have dropped down to 11th after a little bit of a ropey run who have scored more goals. I believe that's it. Oh, you've got lowly Swansea down in 17th at 47 goals. So, you know, considering Albion a ninth, there, there aren't that many teams who haven't, who have scored, scored more, sorry. Um, we've spoken about this, haven't we? And as I say, that 45 tally isn't, isn't particularly low in comparison with the rest of the division and, and where Albion are. I mean, we think back to where Albion were and it is important to remind ourselves, I think, where where the starting point of this core brand journey was. And I'd have to check, but surely they were among the lowest scorers. I'd, I'd be surprised if there were many who had, who had scored fewer than Albion, you know, at the point of late October, early November. And as we know, when it when it picked up under Corbyn, there were a good couple of 1-0 wins, weren't there? I can remember QPR away, Blackpool at home. Um, those narrow 1-0 wins. We know... And we'll get onto the Hawthorns record, I'm sure, in a bit. Um, under Corbrand, they are Albin are built on 
the, the absolute bedrock is clean sheets and the defensive record. I mean, certainly at home, but the defensive record it, you know, under, under Corbyn full stop, even giving for the, the dire away form, the defensive record's excellent. And that's what it's built on. And they're not having to score many to win. You know, the, as, you, as you've touched on, Johnny, that very rarely scored many. You know, Chesterfield, non-league side in a replay. You know, Rotherham are, with respect to them, poor, aren't they, when it was 3-0. What was the other game scored 3 in, Johnny? Um, Luton away, wasn't there? Luton away, of course, which, which um, ironically speaking about the defensive record, they, they, had, they had to score three that day, didn't they, on that comeback? Um, the, we've spoken about it as, as they don't have... As of this season, they don't have goal scorers today. That you know, DK's got six, Thomas Sante's got seven. Um, that's all comps in in the league. That's lower. Although DK's six in the league, isn't he? I think Thomas Sante might be five. Um, so the the league scoring run is isn't great. Wallace is one of the players with four, isn't he? I think perhaps um, perhaps Grant has has five, but obviously not many since August. Um, Swift maybe three. That that sort of thing. Dean Garner possibly three. These aren't big totals, are they? At all, um, yes, players have chipped in, but they haven't chipped in with many. Um, you know, it's not like we're talking about midfielders with five goals plus. When you go around the side, it's it's not packed with many goals at all, is it? However, you know, the the outlook of the league table isn't that far below. You know, the average of of the rest of the league. I I don't. It's a bit of a strange one, really, Johnny. Uh, the league table paints a picture that Albion aren't, for their position, low scorers. That's what it paints. Um, however, when you look at the individual tallies, they're, they're really not great. And for Albion in the Championship, of course, you'd expect far better. Um, you have to take individuals' accounts into context, don't you? DK not featuring until November. Yeah, yeah he's, his total of six isn't, isn't too bad, really, if we're being fair getting back from best part of a year not playing. Thomas Asante coming up from fourth tier, his first season. You'd have to say, you know, he's been injured of late, suspended. Yeah, he might have fancied one or two more, but his record, is it, you know, neither of them are strikers with, I appreciate DK was at Barnsley, but history of being big, heavy top scorers in this this level. You know, would you have liked more goals from Jed Wallace and John Swift? Yeah, probably Dean Garner, yeah. Um Perhaps she could have could have scored more. I mean, of late we've seen Malumbi and, and Townsend find the net for the first sort of time as Albion players, haven't we? But it's an interesting question because the league table says for a ninth place club they're not low goal scorers. This is this is about the mean. But but we know the reason why they're ninth, Johnny, is because they haven't had the goals in them to be higher. That's that's fair. Isn't it? The, the defensive record while we're here, let's say 45 goals goals scored. Um, it's 38 against in 35 games. And just having a quick look now, there aren't too many at all. Um, a few clubs actually in the top half who have conceded 38, but there aren't too many at all who have conceded fewer than that. Now, obviously, the, you know, the top two, uh, even Borough have scored, uh, conceded more. So the, the Albin have managed to get where they have got because of the defensive record and again let's remember what that defensive record must have been when Corbyn came in to the club at the bottom of the bottom of the pile um so the goals conceded under the head coach in these few months is is quite remarkable again even given for the away form so they, they've been able to climb to where they are because you know without scoring many because of that backline record but not having that sort of 
that those couple of players who are into double figures and you know get into 15 goals and beyond that's that's been a hindrance isn't it that's that's why they're not firmly inside the top six at the moment that's why they're not on the coattails of borough as they once were at the moment you know with boris tube ratcon and others flying with the goals so um it's a it's an interesting topic and they're 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 low conceders aren't they and and low low individual scorers yeah just at the other end uh josh griffiths Another good night mm-hmm. for the young keeper growing into yeah. his role at the moment. Uh, mentioned in the player ratings today, thought he did really well. Two big saves in the second half. Has he done enough? You know, we've seen pictures of Alex Palmer in recent weeks, you know, stepping up his recovery from the injury he picked up. Um, has he done enough to put a question into Corbrand's mind about who he picks when Palmer's fit? Or does Palmer come straight back in, given how well he played prior to his, his setback? No, Johnny, I think... I think as we're speaking at the moment, I think Palmer comes straight back in. Uh, but that's not a disservice to to Griffiths. That's not you know anything he's done badly. I think if we spoke about this a couple of podcasts ago, and I think Griffiths has been largely excellent in these games. A couple of home clean sheets now. Um, yeah, it's a 21-year-old kid. He's coming in to, to play for Albion. Yes, I appreciate he's played 100 career games at uh, out on loan at lower levels, but you know, you think of Pompey, n- not not insignificant clubs for those levels, let's be honest, played a lot of football. However, it, it's a different kettle of fish, isn't it, being thrust in as Albion's number one at your parent club where there are high hopes for you, but you've never done it before. All of this, you've only just started training with your senior colleagues. Um, I think he's done very, very well, um, as well as can be expected. The Borough game, the late save, yes, it Albert were two one two nil up. Sorry, and it 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 wouldn't have cost them. Unlikely if that goal had gone in. But think of last night. You know, he's he's saved last night. What was that? Ninety fourth, ninety fifth minute. I think there is one slight concern with Malumbi Johnny worth mentioning. I think he's on nine yellow cards, um, and we're not at that we're not at that cut off point yet. I I'll check this and um, and add it as soon as I can. But the cut off point, I believe, is a couple of games away still. For, for the two-match ban for 10 yellow cards. So, yeah, it, it comes with his his game and his territory, doesn't it, Malumbi? He's, um, he's partial to a caution or two. Obviously, he's, he's wrapped up nine now. Uh, I think he picked up his ninth in Holden, didn't he, I believe. Um, and, yeah, we, we, we business end of the season where a lot of these games are must-win for Albion that could really do without Jason Malumbi serving a two-match ban for that kind of thing. So maybe, you know, games moving forward, he's perhaps being managed. Uh, that wouldn't be the biggest surprise, would it? Um, crucial cog in this core brand side. However, it must be said, you know, with Chalabar, who I, I don't think looked at his sort of most bright and alert when he came on last night, it has to be said. But beyond that, Gardner Hickman we saw come on. There are others, aren't there, who can play that role. I mean, and Livermore's had some illness, but he's not been anywhere to be seen. Obviously, there's an option to come back in if required. Um, there are others, so it's... It, they're not particularly poorly stocked in central midfield, Albin, I don't think. so. But yeah, it, it would be a blow to, to lose Malumbi either to a knock or suspension, certainly. Yeah, it would be indeed. Uh, right, we're just going to go over a few points, a few stories, a few news items that come over from the last week. Now, I don't want to go in-depth into the future of of Grady Dean Garner because if I looked back over the 37 episodes of other season, a lot of their time has been spent on Grady and his time at Albion and, and what's happened and what hasn't happened this season. But... He's out, looks like, for the rest of the season now. He's going to need surgery. Carlos Corbrand confirmed um, last week or earlier this week prior to, prior to Tuesday night's game. Mm-hmm. 
can't help but feel for the lad, really. Um, fans say, oh, I've given up on him now. Um, as if, you know, he's chucked a towel in and it's his own fault that he's got injured. Um, I just feel a bit sorry for him, Coxie, because he hasn't yeah. had the best two, three seasons now. That well, He's never hit the heights of that loan spell. Um, we're not going to see him again this season. You know, he's still under contract, so we will see him next season. Um, but yeah, just a sorry end to a pretty, pretty miserable campaign, really, that's only really shown in fits and starts what he can do. Yeah, it's not not gone as he'd have wanted or hoped, has it? I mean, there's a, a bit of irony, really, in that in the opening weeks of the season, which were, uh, and even possibly a couple of months, which were by and large a struggle, a big struggle. Let's be fair. I mean, certainly early on, Dean Garner was, by some way, or maybe with Wallace, Albion's brightest player, wasn't he? He was making his stamp on games. Um, he was sharp, direct, skillful, quick, everything. You know, not not quite the the majestic play from that loan spell, but sort of on his way back, starting to get get through the gears. Um, it sort of tailed, didn't it? Back end of Bruce, then the caretaker period under Rich Beale, and then sort of Carlos Corbin came in, and it was immediately straight on to, to Matt Phillips, wasn't it? Which was took everyone a little bit by surprise initially, but then Phillips started performing, and it, it became tougher and tougher for Dean Garner. Um, We've we've seen him quite a lot. It's it's not it's not a lack of games, is it? It's yes, he had a, a period, as I say, around the change in management where there were a lack of games, but it feels like of late. And obviously, Phillips's uh, season-ending injury. What was that back end of January, mid to late January? It plays a part in the fact that Dean Garner's been seen a lot of late. Obviously, then all Brighton come uh, comes in on loan, but it, it he's just not been able to build up any sort of head of steam or momentum this season, Dean Garner. And you sort of wonder why and wonder what it is and, you know, whether he just needs a a complete performance, a whole game to go his way where he's scoring and assisting to then build that momentum. But it just hasn't come, has it? He scored the odd goal. I think he's got about four for the season, perhaps. Um, Sort of been unable to build on those. There have been games where he's been been quiet and taken off early and then you know you see him start from the bench on the next one and no it's not it's not gone his way and um but I'm I'm loath to I'm loath to join in the bashing and and to to write him off I don't think that's I, I don't think it's accurate I yeah, what he's contracted till 2025 I believe I mean that's a, a good it's another couple of seasons isn't it and in fits and starts you see a player in there now I appreciate at times He's, he's not a, a Wallace winger or even necessarily a Phillips winger, is he? Where, you know, you see a player running at a million miles an hour all game, every game. Um, but then not all players are like that. Players have different makeup. Players you know, move differently, you know, different physical profiles and outlooks. That, you know, just it, that doesn't mean he's sort of you know, tossing it off or not putting it in because he's not, you know, sprinting every, every second of the game. Um, and, and Dean Garner possesses a, a bit of ability or skill that yeah, would it be fair to say not you know, none of the other the rest of the Albion squad possess so he, he has something he can bring it's just unlocking it isn't it and that was Corbin's you know role as as he's been able to unlock other things in other players it hasn't quite happened with Dean Garner but that's not that it can't happen 
you know, when we get to get to the summer, the, the downtime, Dean Garner will be, you would presume, back ready to come back for pre-season. And then, you know, under a under a core brand pre-season summer, can he unlock it? He might be able to. And we could be talking about a new Dean Garner next season. You know, some might say, well, that's not going to happen now, is it? But it has been a tumultuous couple of years under Albion, hasn't it? Change in management. We we're all sort of rant and rave and wax lyrical about Corbran and how he's developed players. We can hope he can do the same with Dean Garner. Um, I don't, I think it's wrong to, yeah, I mean, it's his season written off, of course, and it's not been a season to write home about. It's been a disappointing season for him and yeah, several others, but I, I still think there's something there to give and something there to find and unlock, as I say. Elsewhere, Mo Fowl was recalled from AFC Fylde. Uh, he had a loan spell in the National League North after a spell with Telford United earlier in the campaign. He's been banging goals in for fun up in Blackpool. Um, he's been recalled by Carlos Corbran. Coxie, was it a case of half a reward for your form and half we need some bodies on the bench? You know, what nice was uh, the nice, uh, nice neck of the woods, Johnny, the Fylde Coast. No, was it really? Never been. Yeah, Never yeah, been. Yeah, yeah. I've not ticked off AFC far, but um, yes. Uh, apologies. Yeah, he. Um, I let's be honest, Johnny. Bodies are needed. Um, in Hall, Rico Richards and Joe Van Malcolm complete the attacking options on the bench um, with a grand total of well, very few until last week. No league appearances between them for Albion, yeah. and then Richards got eight minutes, and then. Obviously, Rico Richards drops back to the 21s as they played. Was it Monday? And and then we see Mo Fowl record. A very impressive goal record up at Fylde, 10 in 16. I think more, more of, as Corbin described him, and I've seen Fowl play this season for the 21s, but more of a centre-forward, more of a striker, actual forward than one of these more sort of withdrawn players that can play out wide. I think Malcolm has been used more wide himself, to be honest. Um so again, you know, Val comes back. He's the option on the bench with Malcolm. This time, neither of them. Come on, yeah, it's a tight, it's a tight game. One 0 Albion. Yes, would have liked a second goal, but not desperate for it for the points. And um, and they're not turned to. And I know we've got a question coming up on on Fowl, haven't we? And you know, why bring him back type thing, which I, which I understand. Um, yeah, a, a little bit of a reward. Look, he's he's been absolutely on fire there, and and clearly, yeah, you know, Fylde are a very good side for that level. And maybe Fylde in the future needs a higher loan, be it national league or league two or something, is the next step in his development. But let's be real, it's you know Albion need bodies at the moment, don't they? If not for a couple of these injuries, you know, with, with all due respect to him, he wouldn't it wouldn't be near the the match day squad. That's just just how it goes. Um, bodies are needed, and just as important as as that, really, the the training um, team like Fylde will be full time, as you know, Johnny. So Fylde would spend a lot of time up there with them. You know, this isn't a part time outfit, but actually, at times like this, when there are the injuries as well, the the players and bodies are needed in training for the little eleven v elevens they do in training against some of the more senior twenty one players and. You know, they're just they're just needed to not make up the numbers sounds derogatory and that's not what I'm I'm getting at but they're they're needed for these games that they put on for these routines that the, the coaching staff put on um, so it's a bit of both and as I say it was needed as a number last night like if if it was tight last night and Albion had to chuck another attacking body on perhaps it you know it would have been him or Malcolm we'd have seen put on I think to, you know just to add another body another sort of physical option to put up there but um, yeah I appreciate coming back from the loan and just sitting on the bench might not look the best but actually for for him 
getting on the the bench of a championship fixture is is a is a step forward. I think is a big occasion. It's something that you know he will he will take have taken from and be useful for him. So um, so yeah, it's hard to say, isn't it? That we get to Huddersfield on on Saturday, it could be a different game, could be a tight game. I'll be need a goal, might be chucked on. You know, we all hope touch wood it goes well. I'll be in a two, three, maybe more goals up. And Corbin feels like he can chuck one of them on and, and hand a, a league debut too. So fingers crossed we see one of them on Saturday, but uh, for the right reasons. Yeah, Saturday will be the last time Albion play on a Saturday for a few weeks. Sheffield United have selfishly kept themselves in the FA Cup. So the trip to Bramall Lane. How dare they indeed, Coxie, quite right. That trip has now been moved to a midweek game following week is an international break. Coxie, two-week break, help or hindrance for Carlos's men? <laughs> two and a half weeks, isn't it, Johnny? Uh, Two and a half, yeah. Really, yeah. Uh, good question. I would lean towards help at this stage of the season, Johnny, I think. Um, look, flying at home, <laughs> struggling to say the least away. So I think we've got a mixed bag. Um, it's not like, you know, the form is flying across the board. Yeah, they're sort of not even in each other out. Well, basically even, even in each other out, aren't they really? Let's be honest. And, the, the World Cup break showed, you know, the lengthy, what was it, four-week World Cup break showed that the Hawthorns' form could continue before and after that. Um, however, since the turn of the year, since pretty much went to Chesterfield in the FA Cup, we've we've lost any sort of away momentum. Um, so I think it's it's these last couple of weeks prior to this break coming up, you know, we've had, what, Friday night trip to Hall. We've had this Wigan home on a Tuesday night. We've got Cardiff away next Wednesday. Busy couple of weeks, actually, before this international break that will test the squad to the limit. And he certainly is testing Albion's squad to the limit. What, what is it, 10? 10, 10 senior bodies injured or unavailable, you know, illness at, at the minute. So, as we've just discussed with Malcolm, Richards, um, Mo Fowle having to make up you know, the attacking numbers, the, the squad probably needs a bit of a break, let's be honest. As, as we've touched on, hopefully Alex Palmer, hopefully Carl Bartley, Thomas Asante, we're hopeful for, for Huddersfield, or if not at at worst, Cardiff. So, in and around that international break, bodies will be back. I think when we get to April the 1st, uh, that first game back after the break, Millwall at Hawthorns, I think Albion squad will look in a much better place for, you know, just the passing of time for, for bodies coming back from Knox and, and for the break, you know, a mental reset. It really is the final hurrah, isn't it, after that international break? It's it's relatively smooth in terms of fixtures, in terms of midweekers. Yes, you got the, the Easter Bank Holiday Friday Monday, which we we know about each season. Then the the last week in April, I think, for Sheffield away uh, for the Tuesday night. So it's it's not too unkind. It's sort of semi steady in April. Not not as demanding as this this sort of March bit has been. And uh, and you know Albion's got to be in a better place. So I, th- I think it's um, I think it's a help at the moment, Johnny. They're not 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 flying across the board, are they? Is stuttering well more than stuttering away. So yeah, good good chance to. A bit of a reset in this break that's coming up. But hopefully we're signing off with uh, a nice you know, win home and away. Yeah, since the last time we recorded a podcast, I think it was the next day, um, shareholders for, for Albion, S4A, um, put out confirmation that Gouch and Lai has not repaid back his £4.9 million, pound, £5 million pound with interest. Loan that he took out, um, you know, I forget, I, I forget the date now, um, but I know it was meant to be paid back by the end of this year. Uh, it was also meant to be, I think there was a date before that that was was broken. We were told that we paid early in the new year. We joked about it, didn't we, Coxie, a while ago that early March or, or late February is not early in the new year. Um, 
disappointment from Albion fans, really. Um, Shell yeah. for Albion. It's it's almost like I'm at a point now where like you know you think about this payment and how unfair it is. It's almost like in the in the lap of the gods as to when this gets paid back. You know the the shareholders, you know, and action for Albion as well, and the supporters groups and everyone, you know, quite rightly furious. But it's a case of no one really knows when it's going to come back. Yeah, exactly that, Johnny. I mean, it's hard to add much more, really. You know, we, as you say, we touched on it last time. Then I um, did a piece. You know, I'm grateful for shareholders for Albion for, um, you know, some insight there and and their views. And, you know, it, it's obvious what their views are. You know, the same as the majority of the, of the fan base, I'm sure. And we're going to get on to action for Albion, aren't we? And a um, bit of a line in the sand perhaps a landmark weekend for them this weekend we've got a we've got a march haven't we before the, the home game with Huddersfield which will you know I'm sure gain some good traction um yeah we've had the protests haven't we sort of was it the Borough game yeah the, the home game before last night the Borough game this the sort of the, the light show looked like to have dwindled a little bit and then there was meant to be a, a gathering outside wasn't there after after that game and that was that was limited the numbers weren't what they had been so I think to get a march in now for for pre Huddersfield will and I, and I think it will be I think it will be pretty well attended I do I think I think where it's happening and the, the time and all that I think it's yeah it's a busy bit busy area at that time I know we're in the ground well before that typically aren't we Johnny but um, yeah I think it, I think it will be well attended and I've I've spoken to the the organisers for a piece this week actually that I'm going to be writing up today and. Uh, you know the the detail and the organising into this kind of thing is is not straightforward. It's not easy, and it takes a lot of work. So so credit to them for organising this, and credit to the the club and the authorities as well for for you know putting things in place to to make it happen. You know they, I suppose they could easily have said they want no part in it, and you know you've got to stick to the pavement, and you know you can't do this. We're going to be stopping this. But no, they've um, they've moved to accommodate. You know the action for Albion, and um, you know so they can, to a, to a louder extent, make their voice heard and and bang the drum and create more headlines and you know protest louder and and hope to make continuously make themselves heard. You know out in the out in the far east, that's the the ultimate aim, isn't it? To to spark something. And um, while many understandably feel like that's a lost cause as these days and weeks pass and no sign of the loan being returned, you know the fans who want to have a voice and make a change can only continue doing what they can, can't they? And, you know, these support groups can't do much more at the moment. So, you know, credit to them for that. Um, as for your initial point, Johnny, um, I don't think many, if any, you know, here in England, here in Black Country, at the Hawthorns, at the training ground, really know or expect when these funds, if these funds, when these funds are going to be returned. I mean, early in the new year is in my opinion, so far gone now, isn't it? I mean, you, you know, we would have thought of January and you know, maybe give them a bit of leeway into February, but it would be into mid-March before we know it, won't we? And then, you know, the next bat of an eye, it'll be April. Um, yeah. So perhaps the only, you know, perhaps the only person here, around here or over here, you know, who might have an idea or could have an idea is, um, is Yuki, Ken. Um, you know, the group's sole director is obviously in close close contact with life um but but beyond that yeah it's impossible to say isn't it yeah yeah it's difficult to say but yeah hats off to the protests we'll be there on the on saturday bringing you uh everything that happens with the the march from 
down the, the Birmingham Road onto to Alvin's Lane. Right, time for an advert. As always, the Baggage Broadcast is brought to you in association with the Kettle and Toaster Man, the place where you need to go for all your household items, kitchen stuff, uh, whatever you need. I can guarantee they've just about got it down at the Kettle and Toaster Man. Today, we've got a good offer. Well, it's not even an offer. It's just a great price for you. A tower touch control, touch control microwave, brand new 800 watt microwave, £75. And that is just one of a range of top products that they have available in store on Thorns Road, Briley Hill. Or if you want to have a browse from your sofa, the click of a button, head to the Kettle and Toaster Man. UK. Right, time for some questions. We've got plenty. I'm going to start with a question that came in on an email. Uh, and this email came from, I'm just going to double check um, who it's come in from. It came in from Alan Overton. Um, so thank you for your question, Alan. Um, if Lai can't sell for the price he obviously wants, why can't he release some of his shares to supporters so he can generate the money he owes to the club? Uh, be interesting if that's thoughts on that one. Um, I'm no financial expert, um, but I can't really see Lai. He, maybe he can, but I can't see him releasing shares to to supporters. Um, I think you know no one knows what's going on in his head, but he wants as much money back probably on the sale of Albion than than he can get. Um, well, yeah, that, that, that's the main uh, sort of hindrance and problem, isn't it? So, um, I mean, I I understand the question, Alan, and, and yeah, it's a good idea. You know, it's a different idea, certainly different different take on Johnny's sentiments. Here. It's it's you know, we're at, you know, far from us being um financial experts that, that some are but yeah what it, it doesn't seem to you know in my head that doesn't quite from from his perspective and again we're not we're not in his head we don't haven't had a sit down to ask what his his thoughts are but um doesn't seem to make too much sense from his perspective does it yeah i mean it would be, it would be a good step forward for the club clearly and for what everyone wants but um sadly we're not in an ideal world are we and it doesn't quite quite work like that it'd be it'd be um it'd be an interesting one to put to the, the powers that be um and have the chance to do that but yeah and, and perhaps when when we do have the chance to do that we, we can let you know alan but um yeah not not one i would say i would expect to <laughs> expect to transpire too soon no thanks for your question right questions on social media tj smithy tom smith our uh, main quizzer he'll be back um, certainly next week he was maybe back this week but he will be back next week he's on a stag do this weekend so good luck to you on your, on your stag not his stag do but a, a friend's stag do but he's got a good question um, starting on a lighter note now we know West Brom will be bad on the road for the rest of the season can we all agree not to wear the red kit as every baggy wants green and yellow absolutely <laughs> get a message to I think it's Jacko the kit manager at Albion um, see, see what he can do hopefully we can uh, play in the green and, uh, and green and yellow there's obviously reasons, isn't there? I mean, Hull, what Hull wearing their traditional? I mean, they're the Tigers, aren't they? So orange and black, would you say for Hull? Is that there? Is that fair to? Uh, yeah, yeah I think... orange and black. So presumably that's the reason why you know the the yellow and green, you know, yellow clashing with orange, perhaps. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. But absolutely. Let's let's ban the yellow and green drum, please. Yeah. Um, although. Come on, Tom. We can, we can lift the mood. We can lighten things up. We don't know for definite that the away form is going to be um, continuous defeats between now and the end of the season. I, I certainly hope it isn't because we've got plenty, plenty of hundreds more miles to to make up, haven't we, Johnny? Not least starting next week. So, um, you know, some points would be nice, please. Just any. Yeah, anything on the road. Clint McCormick with the next question. Why do you think after the worst start to the season in at least a few decades, and after nine wins? And a draw in 10 home games with only one goal conceded. Some fans are still not happy after home games. Where has the sudden entitlement come from? 
good question. Now, this yeah, relates to... The yeah, atmosphere was poor last night at the Hawthorne. Granted, the, the crowd, uh, officially it was about 21,000, but I know they include season tickets and um, it was cold last night. Fans, you know, sometimes don't want to come out twice a week. And, and so the atmosphere wasn't great. I think the tempo was really quite lethargic and slow last night, which yeah. was was a little different to what we've seen um, recent weeks, certainly at, at home. I'm not sure, really, Clint. It's it's a it's a tough one. I had a conversation with a colleague of mine this morning, and it's and I don't want to lump every fan in with one, but you're either high and mighty or you're on the floor in football these days when it when it comes to supporters or, or certainly some supporters you know you lose one game the world's going to end you win another one you're going to win the title um i think that's just like i think that's a, i think that's how football generally is you know society is as well but football is these days i think there's a there's a lot more people who there's no middle ground and, then, and uh, yeah one extreme to the other but when clint talks about it it's not even middle ground you know nine wins from 10 um, is a fantastic record. So yeah, it's, it was a little bit baffling last week. Maybe just fans wanted to see a little bit more. Wanted a maybe a better response on the back of, of Hull. Not in terms of the result because the result was there. They won one nil, but in terms of a display, uh, and maybe because it was against Wigan and you know Wigan dropped to the foot of the table, I think with the defeat. So just wanted to see that little bit extra. I don't know what you think, Coxie. Yeah, I I don't disagree with, with a lot of that, mate. Um, I think an, another point I would make. Um, regardless of how flawless it's been at home, and the record is, you know, you go back to that Sheffield opening game under Corbran, and that feels like a million, you know, it feels like years ago, doesn't it? And the only thing that's got in the way of Albion at home since is that Ben Brereton Diaz free kick, which oh, I think nine times out of ten, Griffiths saves that, doesn't he? And maybe if he's not on his debut, he saves that. And you know, it's 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 almost a bit irritating that that goal went in because you know we'd be talking about we'd be talking about ten wins in ten non conceded, wouldn't we? Which is you know staggering. Um, I think regardless of how flawless that is, I think because of how the away has gone and the away has sort of threatened and more than threatened, sort of stunted momentum and stunted the playoff sort of charge. And if anything, see now being slip away. Um, it's sort of just got fans thinking, and, and, I, and I half understand why it's got you know it's got some thinking. Well, we're not going to make it, regardless of what we're doing at home. We're not going to make the top six here. And I, I said to you on a couple of occasions, didn't I? I think I thought I thought there was a bit of an overreaction to the whole defeat. Um, yes, it's a shocker. You know, nobody wants to go to Hull on a Friday night at the best of times today. They certainly don't want to go there for a two 0 defeat. When you're trying to get into the playoffs, however, you know, yes, it left Albion six adrift. But when Saturday was said and done, and Albion was seven adrift with one in hand, I think I said on the video last night, didn't I? That you know that win last night took it to just four adrift, and then you know Huddersfield to come. I think it was not over by a long shot after the defeat at Hall. I really don't. I think we were at a point where you couldn't afford you know many, if any, more. Um, however, I yeah, you know, I, I stand by. I do think there's a bit of a, an overreaction. How, yeah, and 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 I can I can understand a world where you know maybe traveling fans and and some home fans as well think well if we're going to keep losing every game away, it, winning every game at home isn't enough, and and that that's right it wouldn't be enough would it and and that's why we've said for a while now the away form simply has to change, 
you can't rely on winning every game at home um, because you would think that run will come to an end. I mean, it might not come to an end. Albion might win every home game between now and the end of the season and the run might be ridiculous and a club record. And it still wouldn't be enough, would it, if you were to lose every away game? It wouldn't be enough. So they have to start you know, picking up a point away or picking up the odd win away, preferably, to, to validate, to back up the unbelievable things being done at home. So I, I can imagine a bit of the sort of lethargy last night on the pitch in the crowd, a bit sort of maybe a whole hangover. You know, Friday night, yeah. you know, we all felt a bit hungover coming coming back from the, <laughs> the MKM, didn't we, Johnny? Um, so I, I think a bit of that, a bit of sort of helplessness, sort of hope, hopelessness um, that, you know, regardless of what happens here tonight at the Hawthorns, you know, we well, we're only going to lose at Cardiff next week type thing, where I don't, I don't think that's the case. Yes, the, there is something far more than a coincidence about this home and away form, and I, I, I certainly don't think I can put my finger on it. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure the, whether the coaching staff can as well. We have asked, you know, it goes without saying, um, but it needs to be rectified. You know, it simply has to be rectified because this almost 100% home form alone is not going to get Albion into the top six. No, no, certainly not. Um, thanks very much for your questions so far. Um, all Albion fans, uh, question, no more of a statement than a question. As it's International Women's Day, can you promote this game next Thursday, please? Albion, take on Wolves um, at the Hawthorns. Albion women against Wolves women um, at the Hawthorns on the 16th um, of March, um, 7.45 kickoff. Um, I'm sure you can, can pay on the gate or get tickets on the, the Albion website. If you, you fancy taking in the game Thursday night, um, get down there, support the uh, support the the West Brom women as they look to get one over on their black country rivals. Uh, something that we all love to see. Absolutely. Um, absolutely indeed. Absolutely indeed. West Brom got a great record. Men's team have got a great record um, against Wolves at the Hawthorne. So hopefully women's too. A uh, question from Carl Burkett, uh, friend of the pod. Do, do you um, see... Sorry, I'm just going to have to look at this. Um, do you think CC is t- sorry? This might be me. Is. Do you think CC is tinkering too much with the players being moved around mid-game into areas of the pitch they are not comfortable with? Interesting question, Coxie. One for you. Yeah, I mean it's been uh, yeah, it's something we've spoken about before, isn't it, Johnny? And I, it's something the head coach is being asked, and he's he's given answers as to why it's happened in each occasion. Uh, it continues to happen. I think we saw Wallace at one point, the central again, just off DK last night, and that. I think at that moment, Swift had been out on the left and Albrighton was on the right. I believe it was the second half. If Yeah, it, it was the second half. I can't remember if it was at one of the um, points in the second half where where Wigan were more on top or where Albin sort of rediscovered, you know, put their foot on the ball again. I, I get it. And I feel, like, again, broken record. I feel like I've said I want to see Wallace staying out on the right and Swift in the middle. And However, Carl, you know, and I, I'm not being an apologist or making excuses, but Carlos Corran's tactical now and insight to do that far outweighs what I see or what I know um, by, you know, light years, by a million miles. And, you know, I think we all have opinions, don't we? And it's a game of opinions and that's what makes it so beautiful. But, you know, for the majority of the last couple of games, Wallace has been playing on the right and Swift has been playing in the middle. And that's what Albin are lining up with. I, I don't have a problem with little bits of tinkering in game. It's just going to throw the opposition and put the players turn up in different positions. Mm. But the goals against Borough, 
that Wallace at the time was playing on the right, but the goals came from him being central and, and darting into the box on the left. It can work. It doesn't mean that they forget how to play football when they're shifted into different positions. I get that fans don't want to see Swift on the left wing. I don't because he's not quick. It's not his game, is it? He's not going to beat anyone for pace or beat him on the outside. Um, however, it doesn't mean he can't do a moment of magic and jink past someone and shoot you know, into the top corner from 20 yards from the left onto his right foot. So there, there, there are methods in the madness. And well, I say methods in the madness. Um, I don't think it's madness. But the, you know, the, the, the whole game is, is an example. Um, he was asked specifically why he, he did it at that time. And it was to do with... A furlong had another best game and he was taken off, if you remember, and and um and whatever Carlos had to do ended up with all Brighton shifting to, to right back and yeah, slight change on the flanks to, to sort of protect all Brighton type thing. And he he ended up moving Wallace central because he felt that Wallace were you know, he wanted Wallace to be the main attacking threat and all of that. Um, you know, very, very tactical. Uh, but I understand the question, I understand the frustration. Um I think we'll continue to see Albion line up with the personnel available with Wallace Wright, Swift Central. I mean, all Brighton's an interesting case point, isn't he, at the moment? It has to be said because he's not enjoying flying form. He hasn't. No. Since I'm going to finish the question worked... with that, Coxie, because we've got a question on all Brighton. Well, Charlie, um, I thought he worked hard last night and I thought he yeah. worked reasonably you know, hard, hard at all. And he's putting it in. It's just not coming off for him, is it? It's not coming off. And I think he's admitted himself to trying too hard and you yeah. can sort of see that. In his, in his game. And picked that up quite last night. Yeah, picked it up watching him last night. Just the question is from Nathan Howell. Um, thanks for your question. Is it, is it time to drop all Brighton? He's already been dropped um, this season. Offers nothing to the team at the moment. Might be time to experiment. BT on the left, DK down the middle. Just, I'm going to take that last point, really, just to finish off the question section. <laughs> Can you see a world where Corbran would use BTA as a wide man? Um there should be a world where that can happen. And I think if it was required as a sort of not a last resort, but if it was required, I think it would. However, it, that's been put to the head coach. I think it was obviously before Thomas Asante's injury. And, and he was very sort of um, certain and sure in his answer that Thomas Asante has showed us he's a, he's a striker, he's a centre forward. And that's hence that's where and why he's been playing there. Um, we know that sort of formation doesn't accommodate two up top. We've spoken on that. I think we'd all like to see two up top with DK and Thomas Asante. I think it could work. Has worked late in games when Albion have needed something, but from the off, I don't think we're going to see it. However, apparently, I mean, I didn't see him play for Salford City, but he, he spent a bit of time out on the left for Salford, so he's clearly got it in his locker. And it will be interesting, Johnny, actually, I think, sort of, you know, maybe the other side of the international break, certainly when Thomas Asante is back. Um, it's an interesting question because we can't sort of coast to the end of the season with just the three players in Wallace, Swift or Brighton to play in those positions without any threats, without any, you're coming outside. I mean, there's Adam Reach, isn't there? To, you know, a, he can play on the left side of a, of a forward line, totally different player, sort of honest pro, like an all Brighton, like a Wallace, who's going to run, going to put it in. You know, let's be fair, Adam, Adam Reach has ability on that left foot of his. Um, it will be interesting to see if that, that happens, that's turned to. Would he turn to that before Thomas Asante on the left? I'd imagine he probably would. But there needs to be competition, doesn't there? I mean, you know, but it's a stretch to think that Jovan Malcolm's going to start a league game. Yeah, ditto, uh, ditto Malfal or Rico Richards. or I know we've had a question on Reyes Cleary, haven't we? Who's seemingly below those in the pecking order. You know, I've asked about him and you sort of don't get much of an answer. You've got 
talk about the other guys who, who look ahead of him in the pecking order. You know, um, he's seen as a wide option for the 21s, yet hasn't um, sort of breached this first team league squad yet amid the injury crisis, hasn't has he? Which which obviously says a lot about where you know where where the management staff see him in the pecking order. So that that's interesting within itself. I've got a couple of home 21s games coming up actually in the next two Mondays, Johnny, which I'm yeah you know, I'm hoping as ever to get to. So it'd be interesting to pre to uh, interesting to pick Richard Beale's sort of brain on on Cleary and stuff like that and see how he's getting on. No, he got a couple of goals the other day at Newcastle, didn't he? I think. Mm. Um, yeah, it certainly seems down in the pecking order. I don't yeah. know. I, I can see a world where Albrighton comes outside. Um, Thomas Sante isn't isn't at fitness yet, is he? So, it, you know, will it be Reach? You'd have to say he. You would, you know, you'd think he'd be the option, um, unless it's anything more left field or Kirkwall. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Thanks for your questions, Maggie's fans, as always. Do get in touch again next week. I'm sorry if we couldn't read out your questions. Right, Huddersfield, just going to talk briefly on Huddersfield and before we wrap up, Neil Warnock, always loved. Down at the Hawthorns, always gets a warm reception. Uh, Alvin Fad will sense the sarcasm in my voice there. Um, he brings his Huddersfield side, his struggling Huddersfield side. A reunion for Carlos Corbran as well. I'm sure he'll get a good yep. good clap from the, the, the Huddersfield end. Um, Cox is just a game Albion have got to win isn't it it's going to be tough it's probably going to be similar to probably last night but it's yeah. a game they've got to go got to go and win yeah another must win and you'd back them at home because of the record you'd back them because they're a much better side than than Huddersfield although you know no one more than Neil Warnock would love to come and put a massive spanner in that works and, and spoil the party and um, yeah the the, uh, the Battle of Bramall Lane uh, many many moons ago wasn't it what what more than two decades ago now. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah still, just over. Yeah, 21 lives, years ago. Yeah, still lives long in the memory of fans, doesn't it? And look, he's uh, he's often a panto villain at many grounds, isn't he, Warnock? He's uh, as far from a shrinking violet as you can get. And um, yeah, he loves the crack and banter with the crowd, doesn't he? Good for him. Um, there'll be plenty of it on Saturday, I'm sure. I didn't think... I'd be covering a game at the Hawthorns that involved Neil Warnock this season uh, mm-hmm. or ever again, for that matter. I mean, I think we sort of all semi thought he'd retired, but, you know, the way he was sort of um, busying himself on Twitter, we wondered if there was one last crack at the management job, didn't we? For, what is he, 75, something like that? I think he is. Um, has he bitten off, you know, one last one more than he can chew with this job? I mean, it's a it's an interesting take, and it relates back to Albion. We were talking about this the other day, and I was talking with a guy on the golf course about how the and Bruce is, Steve Bruce said it. Albion just couldn't couldn't turn things down. Um, it's almost as if glutton for they, punishment. They, they, they can't let go. They cannot let go. Now Pulis has let go. Now you know he's retired. And he hasn't come back for another stint. Although I'm sure he would have been offered a job. You know Steve Bruce, arguably since Hull hasn't been the manager that he once was. You know, I know, you know, I, I'll stick up for him for that first season at Newcastle. I thought he did okay. But he hasn't been able to let it go, you know. And, and Warnock as well, you know, he, he did okay at Middlesbrough and maybe quite harshly got the, got the sack. But, you know, just let go. I mean, it's understandable, isn't it? It's Jack? weird, isn't it's it? All they've, it's all they've done. Like, it's all yeah. they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you suddenly stop, how hard is it to suddenly stop? Now, yeah. some will, you know, we won't see Roy Hodgson again. Will we? You'd, you'd almost certainly think we'd not see Roy in a management gig again. Um, some can, having done it forever and ever and ever. Some can happily stop much earlier than these guys. You know, some will think they've had enough into their 50s or early 60s, but 
I get that there's a there's a bug side to it, an addiction side to it. You know, come Saturday three o'clock, you want to be involved. You think because you've done you know done so much, been so successful, you know, rightfully so. You think you can still you know what's changed? You know, still same size pitch, same goals, same football, isn't it? You think you can still have that impact? And you know, obviously, yeah, in his mid seventies, yeah, most if not everyone is sort of retired in their mid seventies, you know, most people, most folk don't need the, the money at that stage. I'm sure after a career working in football, Mr. Warnock, you know, probably doesn't. And it's, you know, I don't think he's gone to Huddersfield for a final pay packet. It's for the, for the love of it, isn't it? And, you know, on that hand, good for him, but you know, it's a, what are they? I think six points adrift of safety. Um, from what I've heard, seen and read about the Huddersfield squad, I don't think it's pulling up many trees at all. Is it it's long old while since we went to, uh, to Huddersfield, wasn't it? In I never went, mate. I never went. But we not there that day, yeah. No, or, or was it two two draw. Um, I don't know where I was, to be honest. I think it was sort of bright and wide eyed some you know, summer's day. Feels a hell of a long time ago. Steve yeah. Bruce bemoaning a I mean there was a chronic lack of an, an Albion penalty given that day. Yeah. I remember so, that, yeah. Also some chronic Albion defending and uh about yeah. as well, unfortunately. The fact they weren't able to to yeah, to, to get three points that afternoon was perhaps a sign of things to come wasn't it but um hopefully Albion can make you know easy work of, of Saturday it, you, you think with Warnock's teams well it's not going to be easy but in terms of him, him being able to keep the Terriers up I mean big old ask yeah six points adrift the goal difference that he's got to got to do a massive job hasn't he there to to salvage it yeah be interesting to see how old Colin gets on. Our football fans will know that that reference. Um, I'll be back tomorrow evening, Baggies fans. We've got the the Baggies broadcast fan chat show, episode three. I'll be joined with two, hopefully three, Albion fans um, to discuss three Baggies related topics from on the field over the last couple of weeks. So do tune in for that one. And obviously, if you want to get involved, to drop me a, a message or, or tweet me, and, and we'll get you on a future episode of the show. Now, it's not a week that'll live long in the memory. A slip up. Um, to say the least at Hull, but Albion got back up and got the job done against Wigan. They go again now. Three points against Huddersfield would be superb. Heading into um, Cardiff and then into the, the break and then the international break ahead of what is going to be a fascinating running. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Maggie's broadcast. And until next time, from me and Coxie, boing, boing. Boing, boing. <laughs>